the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Allworth Law Firm. Lamentations 521 tells us, Turn us back to you, O Lord, and we will be restored. Almost everyone is dealing with recovery of some sort. It could be from addiction, pain, divorce, sin, separation, depression, job loss, or being stuck in the cycle of shame, guilt, and destructive behavior. Recovery through a relationship with Jesus Christ is the foundation of healing and growing anew. Listen as Pastor Allworth shares how the healing power of a personal relationship with Christ has turned his life around, will help you and your loved ones recover and be restored in his name. God wants you to walk out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. Keep listening. Recovery Through Christ with Pastor John Allworth starts now. Good afternoon, Southeast Texas. Praise the Lord, the rain has stopped. I never thought it was going to stop raining. I guess it's good for us. God knows what's good for us, even when we don't. And indeed, he did call me out of the darkness and into his marvelous light, for which I am forever grateful. And that's why I'm on this radio program is because I want people to know that they don't have to live the way they're living. And it might not just be addiction. We've we've expanded this program. We've been on now for a little over three years, and we've expanded this program because people are recovering from all kinds of things. They're recovering from addiction, but they're also recovering from depression, anxiety, from job loss, from divorce, from mistakes that they've made. Maybe someone hearing my voice had an abortion and they're having trouble forgiving themselves. Um, you know, all kinds of sin and all kinds of the enemy, uh, the devil uh, is out there just lying to us and creating separation in our our society and indeed the Bible tells us that the devil masquerades as an angel of light, and all these things are glorified in our society, which just aren't good for us. And Jesus, on the other hand, says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. And we find out when we really surrender our lives to Jesus Christ and really make him the Lord over everything, not just some things, but everything, that our lives are better. They're enriched. Everything goes better. His plans are always better then our plans, I had somebody who said the other day, and I, I thought this was humorous, said the other day, if you want to make God laugh, just tell him what your plans are. He, he's got a better plan for all of us. He's got a purpose for all of us. So today we're going we're gonna to look at two foundation scriptures. And I am, I've got a, a friend of mine who says, well, when he listens sometimes, he says, were you live or was that a recording? So this is live. <laughs> we're on the air live, and I thank you for joining us um, because, again, God wants that no man should perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And repentance means live a different way. And, you know, the devil gets us this, so many things that we keep secret. We'll give the Lord all these things, but we're going to keep this one thing to ourselves. We're going to keep this one thing that, that we don't want anybody else to know about because we know it's wrong. And, and we're not going to fully surrender. But surrendering to God it just gives you such a wonderful feeling of peace, that peace that surpasses all understanding. So we're going to talk about two scriptures today of foundation. We're going to talk about a lot of scriptures, actually, but we're going to start with two. And they're in Luke, the book of Luke. And Luke 9.23 says, If anyone would come after me, 
He must deny himself, pick up his cross daily, and follow me. If anyone would come after me, he or she must deny themselves, pick up their cross daily, and follow me. That's Jesus Christ saying, follow me, folks. You know, he came down to earth. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, so that whoever believes in him shall not have perish, but have, have eternal life. And he came down and he showed us how to live, how to be compassionate, how to serve others, how to put others in front of yourself. He, he said the Son of Man came not to serve, but to be a servant to many, served all the way to the cross to die for our sins. Gave us such a wonderful example. And in fact, the Bible itself is, you know, this show is about recovery. And again, recovery from addiction or recovery from whatever has you in bondage. And there are so many things in this, our world today, our fallen world that keep us in bondage. And this book is a book about recovery. And it's a book about how to live. So Luke nine twenty three: if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, pick up his cross daily, and follow me. And the other scripture I want to start with is Luke nineteen ten where Jesus says he's criticized for hanging out with tax collectors and and sinners, and he says, for the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. And, folks, I don't care who you are. I don't care all whatever successes you've had. You've also had many trials and tribulations in this world. Jesus said we'd always have them. And everyone that I've ever met has gone through something in their lives. And most of us are going through something right now, something that we're dealing with, something that we're struggling with. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's an inability to forgive somebody, uh, a heart that's, that's carrying a grudge, that's carrying resentment. There, there are all these things that, that we have. We're in a struggle of our, our spirit versus our flesh. And these things apply to, to recovery from addiction. So, I mean, the beautiful thing from my perspective about recovery and trying to lead people to Jesus Christ is because the walk, the, the Christian walk is the same as the recovery walk. And so that's why I decided to expand this show, not just make it about addiction, but recovery from anything. So what does it mean to truly follow Christ? Because there are a lot of people out there, and I, I've certainly been this way in the past, that there's a, a question that I want to ask you. Are you truly a follower or are you just a fan? Are you truly a follower or truly a, are you just a fan? Do you deny yourself? Do you pick up your cross daily and do you follow him? Because that's the key, folks. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, Jesus tells us in John 10.10. 10, but I have come so that they may have life and have it abundantly. Do you want to really have that abundance? Because we've got to surrender and that's so hard for us. We're taught in this society to, to, to have control over everything, to be a man, to solve your own problems, to, to, to deal with stuff. And the, the word surrender has a negative connotation. And it doesn't mean that we're just giving up. What it means is we're going to truly repent and have him. He's going to be the Lord of our lives. He's going to rule over our lives, and we're going to do our best to follow him. And when we make a mistake, we're going to be convicted about it. We're going to, we're going to hit our knees, and we're going to pray to him for strength. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We're going to pray for the strength to not make those mistakes again. And we're going to feel bad about it. Not, not shame, not guilt. But we're, we're going to resolve to do better. So what does it mean to, to truly follow Christ? 
first of all, why should you? Why should you believe? You may be out there and you may be struggling with things and and you're looking for answers and you just happen to come into this radio show or you happen to hear the podcast and, but you've got doubt and that's natural. I mean, it is natural to have doubt. God gave us minds to think about and, and, but what we've got to do is, is we've got to, we've got to listen to our heart. So why should you believe? Well, the first place, the existence of the world. (laughs) These, these scientists that tell us that, that there was a speck of dust out there. And somehow that dust exploded, and everything you see all across Houston, all across Texas, all across the United States, all across the North America, all across the world, all across the universe, our solar system, the Milky Way, all the galaxies came from this little speck of dust. Now, does that make any sense at all? The Bible tells us, and Romans, Paul talks about how the existence of God is evident everywhere, his majesty. Do you know that that the nearest star is like is like 240 trillion miles away from the earth that at our fastest speed right now our fastest rocket that we have out there it would take us 73,000 years to get to the nearest star that's how big our god is 73,000 years to get to the nearest star and the milky way alone that's in the milky way the milky way alone has a billion stars and there are a billion galaxies out there. I don't care what you're dealing with. There is no problem that is too big for our God. This is the God that spun the heavens into existence. It spoke in the creation story we see in Genesis. He spoke the world into existence. The stars on the fourth day spoke them into existence. And we get so hung up on real problems. I don't want to minimize anybody's problems. But in the overall scheme of things for our God, are, are they are they that serious? You know, I'll tell you another reason to believe in God is the existence of ministries like a ministry that's associated with my church, Hope for All in Jesus Prison Ministry, or Cool Ministries with my friend Boyd Harrell, Christ Over Our Lives Ministry. These people go into, into prisons. Boyd Harrell found Jesus himself in a prison cell. They go in and preach the gospel to all creation into prisons or the open door mission where I'm going after this, where we take in uh, homeless and addicted men and, and we don't rely on one penny from the government. We're relying on individual donors who out of their hearts donate into the open door mission and provide a, a $3 million a year budget so that these men can change their lives. You know, 61% of the people that work at the open door mission are graduates of the program. Almost everyone that works there is in recovery because they've been called out of the darkness and into their marvelous light, and they want to give back because God is good. And when you have him in your life, everything changes. The credibility of of the founder, Jesus Christ. The gospel tells his story. Walking on water, healing the paralyzed, the blind, bringing people, Lazarus, back to life. Every time Jesus did something for people in the Bible, it says he acted out of compassion. And Jesus had compassion for them. And then he told them, your faith has made you well. The gospel has been proven to be true and accurate. That's another story, another time for another sermon. But the people that wrote the gospels had firsthand knowledge or, or knew people who had walked with Jesus. The reliability of the Bible 
if, if you begin to study the Bible in an honest way, you see that it was written over 2,000 years by over 40 authors, and yet it tells one seamless story. It's written in majestic form. I don't have time to get into it today, but the the Bible is written throughout as in, in an old form of poetry called chi- chiastic poetry, where where uh, it's where the first matches the eighth and the second matches the seventh and the third matches the fourth, I mean the sixth, and the fourth matches the fifth. That's throughout the Bible. The first five books of the Old Testament are, are written in chiastic. The creation story is written in, chias, in a chiasm. The first 11 chapters of Genesis are written in a chiasm. Over and over and over again, and it is simply impossible for man to have done this without the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The Bible is the accurate and true word of God. It's analysis of human nature. If you've never read the Bible, then how can you be critical of it? If you have read it, you'll see over and over and over again how it applies, just as it did thousands of years ago to, to, to people today and their their human nature and, and how people made mistakes and how other people conquered and overcame their fears and trusted God. That's what we need to do. Whatever we're recovering from, whether it be addiction or anything else, we need to trust in God and trust the way he relates to his people. And its analysis of human nature is flawless. Its impact on society. You know, I often ask the question of, uh, or rhetorically is, why, why did Jesus come when he did? To a little backwater spot on the, on the globe. There weren't any radios like this or TVs or internet or the ability to communicate with a lot of people at a, at a big time. No, he traveled the countryside with 12 ordinary people. And if you look at who those people were, they weren't educated. They were they were sinners. They were tax collectors. They were fishermen. They were just ordinary guys. And yet, in three years, he traveled around and changed the whole world. He empowered those twelve people with with the Holy Spirit. People saw and came to him and flocked to him and saw his goodness and his love. And he changed the world. And the Bible is the best selling book in history. The cross is a universal symbol of compassion across the world. All our morality in our society, our ethics, our work ethics, our scientific methodology, our social relief agencies, these all have roots in Christian values. And in particular, Jesus' incomparable Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapters 5 through 7. There are so many sayings that are part of everyday life that non-Christians use constantly that don't even realize that these principles, these these truisms of life, they come out of the Bible. The resurrection history. Over 542 people saw Jesus, the resurrected Jesus Christ. This has been documented. And in fact, the the disciples, despite the fact that they walked with Jesus for three years, they they thought he was dead. They they thought he was gone. They were despondent. They scattered across across Judea and, and across Israel. They were scared. You know, Jesus told Matthew, "You'll deny me three times before the rooster crows," and he did. I mean, despite all the things, miracles they'd witnessed, witnessed, they didn't understand truly who he was until they saw the resurrected Christ. And then that changed their hearts completely, and they had the courage to go out and, and, and change the world. And 11 out of 12 were, were, were martyred for it. They, were, they had the courage to go to their death. Romans 1.4 tells us Jesus was declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead, by his resurrection from the dead. The resurrection is powerful, and it's what gives us the hope of of eternal life. So if you study it, for example, you read the, the, the case for, 
for Christ, uh, I forget the name of the author, but uh, Lee Strobel, who who was a, a basically an atheist and a journalist, and and set out to to see if this was true, or or you read a, a the case for Jesus, another book by Brent Petrie, I think, and you, and you read about the documentation and the and the and and the reality of of what happened in the Bible, and it's empowering. I did that early in my walk, and I'm so glad I did. So, what are the benefits? Well, the first benefit is the power to change your life. There's no other power. The same resurrection power that rose Jesus from the dead exists in your life when you accept Jesus. Jesus said in John chapters 14, 15, and 16, which are so powerful, he said, I'm not going to leave. When the disciples were despondent about him going away, he said, I will not leave you as orphans. I'm going to give you a helper. You're gonna, In fact, you're going to be glad when I'm gone. I mean, uh, this is going to be really good for you. Of course, they, they didn't believe that, and and but then they saw <laughs> Pentecost Sunday's coming up. <laughs> what a powerful part of the Bible, the book of Acts, the power to change lives. The 12 steps, which are biblically based, change lives on a daily basis. And the reason they have power is because they're biblically based. I mean, I'm going to go over to the Open Door Mission. I'm going to see the beautiful thing about working in the recovery ministry is I'm going to see God exercising miracles as these men's lives change, change from living under a bridge addicted to who knows what opiates, heroin, whatever, and delivered by the power of Christ and by the love of Jesus Christ. Again, my friend Boyd Harrell. I've seen that power myself, how I've changed, how I was called out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. And it's available for anyone who will just do what Jesus says in 923, deny themselves, pick up their cross daily, and follow him. Now, that's not easy. The Apostle Paul said, I have to die daily in order to walk for Christ. And it's not going to be without mistakes. It's not going to be without setbacks. But when that's your goal and you live it in your heart and you have the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, it's attainable. It's wonderful. Healing. Jesus said, as I said earlier, over and over again, your faith has healed you. The story of the centurion where he said, you don't have to go to, I, I believe you, Jesus, if you said, if you say my servant will be healed, I know that it'll be so. And, and, and indeed, Jesus said, I've seen no greater faith in all of Israel. What a, how, how wonderful to have Jesus Christ say that about us. That faith, that I've seen no greater faith. Faith has power. In fact, Hebrews chapter 11 tells us that it's impossible to please God without faith. To be born again, you know, the greatest thing that's ever happened in my life. I've, you know, that started out, I resisted, by the way, for three years uh, having any commercial application, but um, unlike Howard Stern, who makes millions or billions or whatever he makes i have to pay to be on the radio show <laughs> so i finally gave in and you may have heard the allworth law firm sponsors the show um somebody told me the other day now wait a minute you're a lawyer and you're a pastor isn't that a conflict of interest and i said no i practice law with compassion so if you need help you can call me if you need help for recovery if you if you need help from addiction or if you're in an accident, you can call me or text me at 832-475-8642. It would be my honor to help you, whether it's uh, through my ministry or in any other way. So to be born again, First Peter 1 Peter 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We've had some deaths in our family and close to us. 
people that were close to us. My wife lost her. We lost uh, her dad. He was 86. He believed in all his heart. He knew he knew who Jesus was, and he knew where he was going. And so um, it is in our flesh we mourn the fact that, that we're not going to be able to, to have a relationship with these people on earth right now. But I just can't imagine not having faith and knowing about Jesus Christ and knowing what, what that the Jesus said. My father has many rooms that he has I've gone before to prepare for you. And that gives us, we know there'll be a reunion, just such a wonderful things. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But without him, I, I don't know about you, but I was completely lost. I mean, everybody has Jesus. C.S. Lewis wrote, Jesus is on the inside of us. Others say it's the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. We all know when we're making decisions out there that we're always, it's a battle of the flesh versus the spirit. And the flesh is pulling us one way and saying, ah, you go ahead. You deserve it. You can get away with it. Whatever lies the devil is whispering to us. But we know that Jesus is telling us what the right thing to do is. And we need that power in order to make the right choice over and over and over again in this fallen world with all the temptation that's around us. Romans 8, 11, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And back to Luke nineteen ten. for the son of man has come to seek and save that which was lost. If you're lost, Jesus Christ wants to give you a living resurrection today. He doesn't, we're not just talking about a resurrection when, when you, when you die in eternal, of course, that's critically important, probably the most important thing ever, but he wants a living resurrection for you today. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come so that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus wants an abundant life for you, and it may not be the same abundant life that, like I had when I wanted fame and fortune and all these things. No, it's a different kind of abundance. It's an abundance of peace. It's an abundance of being a servant to others. It's abundance of helping others and getting the joy from that. And indeed, Jesus wants you to be comfortable. I mean, when we obey his commands, all of life lines up. You still have problems. You still have to deal with this world. But you've got the ability to deal with it in a new and profound way that is so much better than when you struggled all on your own. Freedom. Romans 6.16 says, don't you realize that you become a slave to whatever you choose to obey? But the Bible tells us that the, the son, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. John 8.36, and that is so true. You know, I know people get sober without a relationship with Jesus Christ, but are they? How, how free are they? Uh, have they been delivered? I've been delivered. If I think about alcohol, I think about a hangover. I've been delivered. The Son has set me free. I'm so grateful for that. Peace, John fourteen twenty seven. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I'm talking fast because I'm running out of town. Time I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The power to forgive. Peter asked Jesus, how many times should we forgive? Seven times? I ask you, how many, how many of you have forgiven somebody seven times? That's so difficult in our flesh. But Jesus says, no, seven times 70, amazing. And how many times, if you're honest with yourself, has God forgiven you? 
I've had to ask for forgiveness today. For I drove, so I had to ask for forgiveness. I got mad, you know, particularly in this rainstorm. Acts 2.38 says, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What a wonderful, wonderful thing, that free gift, the gift of grace, the gift of the helper, the gift of a helper. A living resurrection. Philippians 3.10, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. 1 Corinthians 6.20, for you were brought, bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. I encourage you, wherever you are in your life, to really do what Luke 9.23 says. If you want to come after him, And the blessings are many. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross daily and follow him. He showed us how to live. He showed us how to live when he came down to earth. Revelation 3.20, Jesus says, If anyone would stand and knock, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with them and he with me. He actually said dine, but that means fellowship in the context. Anyway, I encourage you. Surrender your life. Surrender every part of it. Don't keep any secrets. Surrender your life to Jesus. You'll never regret that in Jesus' name. We love you here at uh, Recovery Through Christ. More importantly, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Good night and amen. Listen again next Wednesday at 530. If you missed any of this show, you can catch the podcast at kkht.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.